0: Thank you, Natalie, choir and orchestra. Well, we are right in the middle of the holiday season, aren't we? I mean, with leftover turkey still in our refrigerators, it's time to compile a Christmas list. Now, that's very intimidating for most husbands that I know. What do you get for your wife? It has to be perfect. What do you get for a woman who has everything a woman could want? I don't know, but that is my struggle every year. And uh, she normally has a suggestion or two. And then there are the children. You have to get gifts for them and the grandchildren. I have four grandsons. They will have a tendency to drop hints. You know, I I would sort of like this, or I saw this, or did you think of that? And So they, they drop hints. I have one granddaughter, Janie. She doesn't drop hints. She comes over with a list. And it has specific items that she wants for Christmas. But not only does she have a list, she will tell you the stores that have the item that she is asking for. So we, we, we're at that stage when now then we have to, have to get the Christmas presents. And then when we've given out the last Christmas present, it's time for New Year's resolutions. We always make the same ones. I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to save some money. I was in uh, Dr. Reinhardt's office the other day and so, you know, for my exam and he examined me and then he looked at me and he said, why don't we try to lose about 20 pounds? I I don't know how he's doing with his 20, but I'm not making a lot of progress with (laughs) mine, but I do appreciate the fact that he has joined me in in wanting to lose 20 pounds I suppose that is the reason that Thanksgiving is possibly my favorite holiday. There there are no resolutions to make. There are no gifts to give. It is just giving thanks. Alan Perkins said, A thankful spirit is one of the key distinguishing marks of a Christian. It sets us apart from the world. It makes us different. We have so much for which we should be grateful, for which we can give thanks. Alex Haley, the author of *Root*, says that he has a picture in his office of a turtle sitting on a fence post. He wrote, every time I write something significant, every time I read my words and think they are wonderful and begin to feel proud of myself, I look at the turtle on top of the fence post And remember that he didn't get there on his own. He had help. We have so much to be thankful for. God has blessed us so richly. He has given us health. He's given us an opportunity to serve. He's given us our family. He's given us friends. He's given us this land. He has given us so much. And so today for just a few minutes, I want us to be thankful Take your Bible's turn with me to Psalm chapter 118, beginning in verse number 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let Israel say his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let the house of Aaron say his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, let those who fear the Lord say his loving kindness is everlasting. From my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man it is better to take refuge in the lord than to trust in princes you might have seen the cartoon snoopy is looking at his dog food bowl and he said it's not fair everyone else eats turkey and all i have is this dog food and then in the next frame he says i guess it could be worse I could be the turkey. (laughs) Most of us think that thanksgiving or happiness comes in response to favorable circumstances. If my circumstances are favorable, if things are going the way I want them to go, then I have reason to be thankful. I, I, I did notice, I probably shouldn't bring it up, but I did notice that the Clemson fans seem to be more thankful this morning than some of the rest of us. Why? Well, because their circumstances are a little better than someone else's. See, we oftentimes are happy or thankful depending on external circumstances. For instance, with me, when we go through the month of December and, you know, we talk about it all year long. We go because our deficit gets deeper and deeper and deeper. We go through the month of December. At the end of December, I'll get a call and they will tell me, we have paid all the bills and we are black and have $4.17 in the bank. And I am absolutely ecstatic. Because the circumstances are favorable at that point. When, when the choir loft is full, then Steve is thankful and he is He's a happier person. When it isn't, he has a tendency to be a little cranky. I don't know if you have noticed that or not. And now then he's in that, that phase of waiting for Christmas and the Christmas pageant and so forth. And, and he frets. You might have known that. Steve frets, he's always fretting about something. And he frets about the attrition rate. He told me the other day, he said, I've already had two telling me that they're not going to be there. They signed up to be there, but they told me they're not going to be there. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> you think it's bad on you? It's worse on us. I mean, he frets around here, fusses around here. He's not pleasant to be around with that. But see, when his circumstances are favorable, then he's thankful. He's thankful. When they are not, then he has a tendency to fret. When you young people get a date with the person that you want to get a date with, then you're thankful, you're happy. I mean, things are going your way. So many of us have the idea that if my circumstances are favorable, then I am thankful, then I am happy because my circumstances are favorable. Truth is real happiness is not circumstantial, it is internal. Real happiness is internal. Possibly my favorite author in the New Testament is the Apostle Paul. I love his writings. They're challenging. But his letter to the Philippians is probably the most positive letter in all the Bible. The thing that is interesting to me about that is that he wrote it while he was in prison. And in Philippians chapter four, verse number four, he wrote, rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. Can you imagine that being in prison and the conditions there were very unfavorable. I have seen some of the prisons in, in uh, Israel at that time and they're just sort of hollowed out. They were, they were not the kinds of prisons that we think of today. It was a very uncomfortable situation, and yet Paul wrote from prison, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Why? Well, because happiness is not circumstantial. It is internal. It's what in a, what's in a person's heart. Verse number one of our text, he says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. You see, folks, we give thanks to God because he is good even when our circumstances are not. Even when things are not in our favor, we nevertheless are to be thankful because God is good and his loving kindness is everlasting. I try to begin my day, I try to consciously begin my day by th- Thanking the Lord for his love, for his kindness. God's so good. I don't understand the goodness of God. It is beyond my capability. But I try to begin by thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for giving me another day. Thank you for the blessings that you've shared with me. That's what the psalmist is saying is that we are thankful people because God is good and his loving kindness is everlasting. You see gratitude will increase your happiness folks if you want to be happy then learn to be grateful gratitude will increase your happiness gratitude will also improve your witness a person who is not grateful a person who is not thankful is not an attractive witness I I probably told you the story about a boy who went to see his grandfather his grandfather lived out on a farm He had a tendency to be somewhat strict in his religion. And so the little boy went in, he turned on the TV, and his grandfather, it was on Sunday, so his grandfather said, turn off that TV, it's the Lord's Day. So the little boy turned off the TV. Then he turned on the radio, and he said, turn off the radio, it's the Lord's Day. He turned off the radio. He picked up his phone, he began playing with his phone, and the grandfather said, turn off that phone, it's the Lord's Day. So the little boy went outside He saw an old mule standing out there. He was all bent over. He was looking forlorn, his head down. Little boy looked at him and he said, You must have the same religion as Grandpa. (laughs) Folks, um, we're not attractive witnesses when we're just mad at the world, even in the name of Jesus. I remember being at the Southern Baptist Convention some years ago and there was a preacher preaching. I mean, he excoriated us. He just jumped all over us, and beat us up and down, all, you know, all that preachers have a tendency to do sometimes. And I remember leaving, and I'm behind two other preachers who are walking along, and they're talking about the message that they have just heard, and one of them said, you know, I'm, I'm saved too, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> well, it just seems like some people are mad about it. I'm saved, but boy, I'm mad about it. Now, that's not an attractive witness. When we just go around and we're always complaining and ungrateful then we are not effective witnesses. It is when we have the joy of Christ in our hearts that we are effective in our witness. That's the reason Peter wrote, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may on account of your good deeds as they observe them glorify God in the day of visitation. Isn't it true with you that when you're around someone and they are happy in the Lord that you're attracted to that person I used to wonder why Linda and I moved from Texas to Oklahoma City and I was working in television at that time and I have concluded and I really believe this is the reason it's because I met John Bassano and his winsome spirit was what reached out to me and led me to follow after the Lord I really believe the reason that I went is because I needed to meet someone like him who was happy in the Lord, who loved the Lord and trusted the Lord and served him, and they were grateful people. Let me tell you, if you will be a grateful person, you're going to be an effective witness for Christ because people are going to want to know what you have that they don't. And then gratitude will enhance your relationships. You want a better marriage? Be grateful for your spouse. It seems to me that as time goes by, that appreciation for one's spouse becomes dimmer, seems to be erased a little bit. Have you noticed that, or is that just me? You might relate to this, I read it. Wife has a cold. The first year of marriage, the husband says to her, you don't look so good. You should go to the doctor. I have arranged it and had food catered in because the hospital food is not that good. The second year, she has a cold. You don't look so good. I've called the doctor, go lie down, and I'll take care of the kids. The third year, you're not looking so hot. When you finish cleaning the kitchen and feeding the baby, go lie down. The fourth year, would you quit walking out here barking like a seal? You're going to give me a cold. If you want to improve your marriage relationship, be appreciative of the one you have. Be appreciative of your husbands. Be appreciative of your wife. Express gratitude to them and for them. You want to have a better church relationship? Then be grateful for your church relationship. That's one of the things that I admire about the Apostle Paul. When he wrote to the churches, he would always begin expressing appreciation to them. For instance, when he wrote to the church in Rome, he said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. I am thankful for you. When he wrote to the church in Corinth, he said, I thank my God always concerning you. When he wrote to the church in Ephesus, he says, I do not cease giving thanks for you. You want a better church relationship? Be grateful for it. I don't think I've done this in a while, but let me say how grateful I am for you. There is not a better church. There's not more wonderful people. I love you with all my heart and thank God for you, and you've been so good and kind to us. We need to learn to express appreciation. And I would encourage you to express appreciation to the deacons. These are great guys. I tease them a lot, but they're great guys. They really are. They love this church, they love the Lord, and they seek to serve. Express appreciation for the staff, they are wonderful. We have the best staff, and I'm so thankful for them. All those who serve. What I'm saying is if, if you want to have a better relationship, then be grateful. Be grateful for those who serve. I'm, uh, Dr. Randazzo, he was, I don't know what in the world you were doing up here a while ago playing that. I guess Steve just told you to do it. I'm thankful for you. I mean, we have a we have a professor at the university who is as faithful as the day is long, and Nick down there every Sunday morning when I come in here, they are in here getting ready. When I walk in here at 8:30, they are in here getting ready. I'm thankful for them. We need to learn to express appreciation. Gratitude honors God because that is His spirit. So, a grateful heart increases your happiness. It improves your witness. And it enhances relationships. Growing in gratitude is a decision. So how do we do it? You want to be grateful, right? So how do we grow in gratitude? Well, first of all, understand that everything belongs to God. Everything comes from Him. The Bible says in Psalm 24, 1, The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. So if you're going to be grateful, here's where you start. Understanding that everything belongs to God. If you're going to be grateful, you have to accept that everything belongs to God. We are simply stewards of that that He entrusts to us, but it isn't ours. What we have is what He entrusts to us. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do you have that you did not receive? Everything belongs to God. What you have is His. Did you know that your wife came from God? Did you know that? If you believe that, you're going to look at her differently if you believe she came from God. Proverbs eighteen twenty two says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Do you understand that your wife came from God? Linda and I were talking this last week, and she said, you know what? I said, what? She said, nobody else would have either one of us. (laughs) And you know, that's really true. But she's perfect for me. I mean, I'm so thankful for her. She is perfect for me. Your wife came from God. Your children came from God. The Bible says in Psalm 127, 3, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Well, if if they came from God, then they can't be little demons, can they? (laughs) Because they came from God. You will look at your children differently if you understand they came from God. You're well. I know some of you think it's yours. No, it it came from God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 18, it is He who gives you power to make wealth. So James says, every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above. Gratitude, we grow when we understand everything is from God. Secondly, don't complain. Everything comes from, do you want to grow in gratitude? Understand, accept, everything comes from God. Secondly, don't complain. Dr. Dale Robbins said, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems. But I have come to realize that they have problems because they complain. You see, complaining is the enemy of gratitude. You cannot be a complaining person and a grateful person. Psalm 77 verse 3 said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. If you're going to be a grateful person, don't complain. I was thinking about that, and there are some people you just never hear complain. Betty Craft, I never hear her complain. Steve Barden on our staff, I have never heard him complain. There are some people who just don't complain. And then gratitude is a discipline. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20 says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Gratitude is a uh, a matter of the heart. Gratitude comes from the heart. And we are grateful to the Lord, always giving thanks. So how do you grow in gratitude? Accept that everything comes from God. Decide that you will not complain and develop the discipline of gratitude. Then guard your spirit. How do you guard your spirit so you'll be grateful? Now, if you're grateful, you're going to be unique. Most people are not. So how do you guard your spirit so you will be a grateful person? First of all, demonstrate joy. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord. That literally reads, Shout with the force of a trumpet blast. In other words, don't be timid in expressing your joy to the Lord. When he answers your prayer, I was um, walking down the corridor the other day. Jack McCatherine came up behind me. Pastor, I turned around to look at him. He had a big grin on his face. And he started telling me about a prayer that the Lord was in the process of answering something he had been praying about, and God was answering his prayer. Shout joyfully. When God answers your prayer. Shout joyfully when God protects you and your family. Shout joyfully when God provides for the needs that you have. Demonstrate joy. If you're going to guard your gratitude, demonstrate joy. Don't just talk about it. Demonstrate it. Shout joyfully. And then serve gladly. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever you do, you ought to do it gladly. You ushers take up the offering. Unless your plate is empty, do it gladly. (laughs) Whenever our ushers are seating people, greeting people, do it gladly, and they do. When you take care of the children, do it gladly. When you serve as a volunteer, do it gladly. Whatever we do, we should do it gladly because we're serving the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. I I have learned through the years that a lot of things I don't particularly want to do, I oftentimes have to do, but when I do, I can do it gladly because it's to the Lord. If you will accept that you are doing what you're doing as to the Lord... It will bring you a satisfaction that nothing else will. So demonstrate joy, serve gladly, sing loudly. Ephesians five says, "Singing hearts and melody, uh, singing hymns and melody with your heart." I used to aggravate Linda because I, I have a tendency—not so much anymore—but I used to. I'd get up in the morning and sing, and that's not bad. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not a bad singer actually. But she said, why do you get up doing, making all that noise? It's not noise, it's it's rejoicing in the Lord. But folks, our theme song is not, not, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. (laughs) Hymns and melodies, we ought to be singing. Whenever we're around the house, we ought to be singing. We have reason to sing. Why? He says, because the Lord is God." Psalm 100, verse 3, knowing the Lord himself is God. Well, if the Lord is God, then I'm a child of God. I have reason to sing. I'm a child of God. And he made us, Psalm 100, verse 3, it is he who has made us. God made you. God made me. We are different. But God made us both. See, if we can accept that, that we, we don't all have to be the same. We don't all have to be like Keith. And I mean, most of us couldn't if we tried. But that's okay, I don't have to. See, God made us, he made you, and he made me. And then we enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The Old Testament temple represented the presence of God. And when they would go there, they would go with thanksgiving and with praise. One of the things I enjoy doing when we go to Israel is we stand on the steps there going up to the Temple Mount. And uh, the same steps that were there when Jesus was there, steps that he went up, others went up. But the Psalms of the Ascension were quoted as they went along. And you can read the Psalms of Ascension. That's what it is. They were going up to the Temple, and so they quoted those those psalms it was a place of thanksgiving as they went thanking God for his provision his blessings in their life well today you see the church represents the presence of God I know that it's in in your heart but when people come by and see the church they think of God because it represents the presence of God when we go there we should go there in thanksgiving so let me ask you a question are you a grateful person well, we can possibly find out by listening to what we, how we talk. When you talk, do you speak about blessings of life or the disappointments in life? Are you a complainer or a praiser? Do you spend most of your time praising the Lord or complaining about things? Are you content, understanding that everything you have comes from God and you're simply a steward of it? Do you talk about blessings or afflictions? Do you express thanks? In verse 1 he says, give thanks to the Lord for he's good. Verse 29, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Folks, gratitude is so important to you. It's so important to your well-being. Fulton Sheen wrote, a very interesting phenomenon in children is that gratitude or thankfulness comes relatively late in their young lives. They almost have to be taught. If not, they are apt to grow up thinking that the world owes them a living. Are you thankful? I hope so. I hope you live a life of gratitude. Because God will use you in a great way if you're a grateful person. Our Father, I want to come and thank you for the many blessings of life that you've shared with us. Lord, not to say that we don't have struggles and problems and so forth that we have to contend with, but Father, even then, you're adequate, you're sufficient. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with every person here, that they will focus on you and your goodness. And I pray for those, Lord, who've never come to know you as Savior, that they might even today, in Christ's name, amen. Just a moment, we're going to stand choir will sing a hymn of invitation. If you don't know the Lord, let me encourage you today to trust him. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you. You come. So let's stand together as we stand. They sing, you come. I'll greet you as you do.